Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, there's a reason behind this, and I, I, I'm going to explain it on the other end, but I, I, I got a new theme song, you guys. Tell me that doesn't sound perverted. <laughs> I don't know how long it does it. Okay, I'm not going to go through the entire song because I, it's it's a five-minute song and I don't think we want to wait the entire time. Hey, you guys, welcome to a, uh, another uh, Dare Taken Seriously. Um, oh, there it goes. <laughs> okay, anyway, uh, Tour de France updates. I'm Pat Bulger in the Pack Filler Studios. And um, as promised, they are not all going to be just me, boring old me. And if you watch the stage beforehand, um, we've got a lot to talk about. And um, I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm vividly pissed off. And um, so I thought we'd probably come in with uh, somebody who I consider pretty knowledgeable in the field. He's, you know, he's, been, he's been doing it long enough that we can, we can go from there. So but, uh, before I introduce him, I do want to say, of course, you guys, uh, Noon Hydration, Honey Stinger, all that wonderful stuff. Go out and buy that stuff. I'm doing horrible plugs for him, but what are you going to do? The song we're listening to is, by the way, Kraftwerk uh, Tour de France. We were talking about this on the ride, and uh, my guest in the studio today is the guy who actually went out, and he talked the whole time, and I breathed way too hard. But um, you might have heard us talk about him. Mark likes to talk about him. Let's welcome Paul Main to the studio. How are you, man? Doing well. Happy 4th. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not so much. There's a little fireworks in the tour today. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if we should... Should we... Should we just jump right into it? Nah, do the small talk. Shit. Okay, do the small talk shit firsthand. Um, here we go. Our four stages in, um, predominantly sprint oriented. I'm going to fade out the music just because that's really bad. That's a terrible song. I remember living through the '80s, and that was that was not something to be proud of. Did you have any? I listened to a lot of the cheesy shit, but I didn't have that one. Uh, the first time I heard Kraftwerk, that's a Tour de France because once you play into that, you'll hear the Tour de France, Tour de France. And there yeah, was it, didn't, old, it didn't kick in. Yeah. The, the coach, uh, one of my first coaches back in the 80s, he had, had this and we'd just sit there and laugh at this thing. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, so tour. We got to talk tour before we get into uh, all that other kind of shit, too. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily want to get to what today's stage went to because obviously that's going to be the bulk of what we're talking about today. Um, 
up until today, um, you've how how long have you been following cycling as a passion? Uh, you know, the first time I saw uh, CBS covered the '84 uh, Tour de France. I'm uh, not Tour de France. Well, they did do I think '85, but '84 it had Peru Bay. Yeah, and I saw that, and I was drunk in college, and I thought <laughs> that's pretty cool. And here in Spokane, we had the Olympic trials that year, and I was able to. It, that's really hooked me back in the 80s. And uh, so <clears throat> um, I bought my first bike the following year and started racing uh, really shortly after that. And anything and everything that I could grasp with bikes back then was, you know, Vela News. Yeah. Couldn't wait until uh, Winning Magazine, everything. I just oh, you know, saturated myself. With You're it, dating so. yourself. Yeah. You're dating yourself. But those first years, too, especially with... Um... Uh, what's his name? John Tesh. John Tesh, yeah. And the wonderful sound effect, uh-huh. the soundtrack that sounded a lot like what we just <laughs> yeah. we just suffered through for the first couple minutes of the show. There, um, those were those were the epic epic years. Now, as as far as um, favorites, highs and lows of those of those early years, were there specific? Uh, we got. Should we just stick to the tour, or should we stick to other races as a whole? Uh, man, that's a broad subject. Yeah. We didn't stay to the tours. So. Okay. okay. I, th- I think, you know, especially in the U.S., um, you, you mentioned uh, John Tesh. Uh, yeah. In 1987, being 30 years ago, and you interviewed this guy, Stephen Roach. Oh, yeah. That was, to me, even to this day, of course, everybody says 89, it was an epic ending. But to me, that battle, that was, I think they had a 50-mile 50, 50 time trial. Yeah. They had, I mean, it was brutal. I think they had 23 stages, too. Um uh, Sean Kelly crashed out with a broken collarbone, but you know all we had was that CBS coverage. Yeah, we had to wait for yeah. the week to be over. Yeah, and I have it. I'm still, you know, now you can get it on YouTube. But somebody has the copy of the CBS and and that John Tesh music, just like, oh my God, how did I endure all that? I used so. to actually love it. I I don't know why I loved it so much. In fact, I would play it in my head on rides, like uh-huh. it was some sort of theme music for me you know i'm, I'm not going to share too much because it's really sad if i stop to think about it. it's like fuck, well uh, there is there is one one song uh that i didn't mind and it was like the intro about month on two there was a uh on that there's a stage a, a time trial going up there in the very beginning you know how poetic they would make um oh yeah phil you know mention all these different things and and they had this uh, music going on in slow motion as these guys are spewing <laughs> at the top of Mont Ventoux. And, and, and even, uh, it was, uh, what's his name? Jean-Francois Bernard won that stage. And you look, he's just powering towards the finish. And he's got a huge goober on the end of his, dangling <laughs> off his shorts, you know, and stuff. I'm like, that is a cool sport. Yeah. Is, so um, so <laughs> wh- who were the heroes? Who were the, the riders that you really looked up to in terms of those years? Well, Stephen Roach, for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, Sean Kelly. Um, I wasn't a Greg LeMond fan. I thought he was a little pouty American. I didn't think he represented us. I loved uh, Andy Hampston, 88, when yeah. on the Juro. That, I think he's a great guy. Um, and, and, of course, once the 90s came, to me, Miguel Andren was a class act. I, I just... Yeah, I think to this day he's he's just a great guy. You've notoriously, and I hope if you can get mad at me if I if I spill your beans here, you were notoriously not a Lance Armstrong fan too. Yeah, no, I, I, I never liked him from day one. I mean, even before when he was an amateur, there was a a local lady here used to be masseuse for the national team. You know, yeah, Mel, and um, she was telling me about this young kid coming in, and he was pretty brash. And 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 to me, 
I'm going to mention his name, Sagan. Yeah. To me, at first I had problems with him, but I think he's so great for the sport right now. Um, but, it, you know, but the way the way Lance was from day one, I, I just, I didn't think. I think Americans in Europe have a tendency. I travel, my wife and I, my wife's born in Germany, of course, as you know, and yeah. we get to go see your family every once in a while. And I, it seems like you're always battling that American, you know, uh, attitude all yeah. the time. You know? Yeah, so the stupid American, the brash American. The, With the white tennis shoes. And yeah. The, <laughs> and if, if you don't hats. understand what I'm ordering in a restaurant, I'm just going to say it slower and louder yeah. <laughs> in English. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I hate to say I've been guilty of that myself. So, <laughs> and you mentioned about, is it the Tour de France? Yeah. And, and that type of thing. And you had an incident in New York, and, and I was laughing when I heard your podcast, because I did this, my first trip to Germany, okay. in my wife's hometown in Nuremberg. See, I said it instead of Nuremberg. Nuremberg. And so, <coughs> excuse me, um, so we're sitting there, we went to this, Italians have you know, ice, what they call ice, it's gelato, okay. so the Germans call it ice, and and they have all these shops, and this one is Campos, and they have espresso there too. And of course... Everybody's oh, no. Italian comes in and he's, Guten Tag. Yeah. You know, I'm like, hey, that's great. You know, German with an Italian accent. And, and then, of course, he asked us, what would you like? And I said, espresso. Oh, and yeah. Renee looked at me, my wife, and just like, what the hell? You know how you, I want yeah. that back. I, I just want that back. I, I just can't. I ordered a, <laughs> Why did I do that? I ordered the classic pizza. Yeah. But I said, I think I said, margarita. <laughs> and it was like. Fuck, Pat, you really sound stupid, dude. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I've, I've done it a couple of times in Germany. Well, it, as I was telling you on the ride when I went to Paris-Ube, uh, after we saw the race, we, we stayed in Bruges, and then we spent four days in Paris. And uh, anyway, I'm sitting there for breakfast, come down the, the little hotel just in the Latin district, had had this little kind of French breakfast. And the lady comes over in French and Ask me what I want. I know what she's asking. I don't know what the words are, but I know she's asking, do I want what kind of juice? And I yeah. started answering in the terrible German that I know. And she's looking at me. Because it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, I, I know she, it's not English, so I start spewing out for some reason German, like that's going to help. And it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just dumb. Yeah. Dumb. Do you say France? In tour? When I say Tour de France, I do. But if you're going there, you're going to France. France. Yeah. Why the fuck do we do that? Okay, we're di- digressing. Yes, um, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm going to jump to it because there are other things I want to talk to, but I want to jump to it. Today's stage, uh, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen it. Some of you are downloading this and listening to it the next day. The internet is on fire. If you haven't heard it, the spoiler is already out there. Um, finals, what, 200 meters, 150 meters of the race today. Uh, Cavendish, as everybody knows, a big fan of, I'm a huge fan of Mark Cavendish. Um, happy opposite day. And it tries to take a line inside. I'm not going to go into detail because I think we could probably talk about our own opinions on how this call goes. Um, inside of Sagan, Sagan puts an elbow out. We can talk about the reason for why the elbow goes out. Sagan, it gets, uh, no, Cavendish is into the barriers. Cavendish goes down, um, off to the hospital, out of the race, most likely. Uh, Cav, uh, God, Sagan relegated at least 30 seconds and 80 points and now we find out he's kicked out of the tour um first of all i think that could possibly be one of the dumbest moves the society the tour de france has ever done i agree you're kicking out the poster boy of modern cycling um and now we i guess we could talk about who's at fault and how it happened and what are your what are opinions on it 
Um, personally, I'm going to go out here and say right out of the gates that, um, in my opinion, that elbow was more of a balancing moment for, for Sagan to try and go, holy shit, there's somebody off to my side here. Or, I, I don't know. What do you? Th- I mean, what do you think? Well, you know, the first time I saw it, I mean, I saw it. it I'm not watching the same coverage you are. Yeah. I have CB, uh, the, the gold package, so I get oh. Austrian. I don't get Phil and Paul. You lucky son of a and, bitch. But, I do, <laughs> but strangely enough, I watch, I have the sound off, so I don't have to listen to those two. Okay. And, and it's actually a 30-second <laughs> delay. So, oh. So on my, you know, on my iPad, I'm watching the gold suit, which is two Australians, which I really enjoy. There's no commercials or anything. Oh, shit. So I get to miss the match.com. Oh, you don't get stocking? I, I did. I turned it on just to listen to fun? what you're talking okay. about. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, the first time I watched it, I thought, you know, this happens in sprinting. Cavendish rules the dice. I mean, that's, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Then, you know, of course, the tree, then they have the aerial and you look yeah. and I'm thinking, oh, wow, that, that elbow came out. But, you know, balance, that type of thing. Um I thought maybe it was just like holding it back, but as soon as these slow motion started coming, my attitude started changing. Really? And yeah, and and I like cycling, and then I like I think uh, it's part of cycling, it's part of sprinting. Um, I think it's a defense mechanism. I watched it one more time before I came over here. Yeah. And uh, if you look, Kristoff's leading the sprint, and he starts drifting to the right. Buhani was going to make his move, and he's on to the left of. If I recall right, um, Sagan. Yeah. So right before, about at the same time, or simultaneously, Buhani, his back wheel jumps over and moves towards Sagan. Yeah. About just right when Cavendish is moving on the right. Now Cavendish did have an, an alley. It's a narrow alley, and then I think I don't think it was a balancing act. It was like a protection because I think he was reacting. Buhani stuck his elbow. He felt somebody on his side stuck his elbow. He's going to get smashed between the two of them. Bahani saves it, and yeah. and then Sagan's when he stuck his elbow, with in my opinion, did not come down. To to take, you know, I thought, well, relegate him, fine. Yeah. But to kick yeah. him out is, is is the most unfortunate. We're both talking about he is such a plus to cycling with all the the dredge that's left behind. You know, uh, his interviews are great. Everybody likes him. Now we have to rely on Tyler Finney's interviews. Yeah, to pull us yeah, through. Taylor. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully Taylor's midnight <clears throat> confessions yeah. is going to do something I for us. I didn't call him Davis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, Phil did five times in one coverage. I I might have to find the gold package, but I need something to talk about for the next two and a half weeks. Um, I, I I now I'm trying to be as empathetic as possible and see this from a Cavendish point of view or from Cavendish's team's point of view. Um, in terms of the, you know, yes, I would probably call out for some sort of a protest. Um, uh, Rolf Aldag with Dimension Data was quick to the point, basically saying, you know, we want this guy's head uh, head on a stick. Um, I don't know if that gets anybody anyway. I don't know if it's, you know, if I'm playing favorites because I'm, I've been a Sagan fan, more of a Cavendish fan, um, I'm fine with a relegation. Of, of losing potential 80 points of uh, for the sprinter's jersey and all those types of things. Even if he wasn't, if, if it was anybody else other than Sagan, I still would have not thought that it warranted a DQ. I agree. And even if it was anybody other than Cavendish going down, I don't think it would have warranted a DQ. Yeah. 
And I just don't understand the thought process here when there are crystal clear rules in the book. There was no flagrant line change from Sagan. Um, and if you watch the clip I've seen, um, Cab's head actually leans against Sagan before the elbow flew out. Mm-hmm. So there was contact made. And I don't, you know, I think you said, on, when we, for those of who don't know, we just finished a ride. And on the ride, you were saying at some point in time, you've done that in a race where somebody comes over on you and you just naturally kind of instinct throw that elbow out, not as a method of, hey, fuck out of my way. You do it more of a, holy shit, you know, where I remember leaning against the other rider was more of a of an intelligent move than freaking out and swerving away. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that, you know, you bring up that case, like in, I was telling that story of the Criterion, the same guy came. Yeah, trying to wedge his way in, and I've got my wheels technically almost overlap, we're, we're inches apart, and he's trying to put bully his way in, coming from outside in on a sweeping corner. It's like I can't. I just stuck my elbow, not yeah. not a swing of the elbow. I just pushed him out slowly, and you know that's yeah. and I, I think that was Sagan's idea. It was it was to protect himself, and it was to protect. It was not malice, and and his response. Is where I think that the the jury should have just said took a look at this. Hey, he went immediately straight to Mark and said, "Dude, sorry, you know." And Mark, if anybody's inflammatory, it's him. And he came out, "Hey, we're good. I didn't like the yeah. elbow, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. I don't understand why he did that." Well, Sagan didn't have a time to explain. Hey, listen, if it is like I said, Buhani, like, yeah, kicked out on me. You came up on my right. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have time to talk, so. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was uh, too harsh, absolutely too harsh to somebody who can actually promote the Tour de France. Yeah. And, and what do we got to talk about? It sounds oh terrible. My God. Between yeah. on the sprint stages, you know, uh, the interviews and stuff are going to be flat again. Yeah. But, you know. And and now yeah. we're at a point where um, Bora Hansgrove, mm-hmm. their tour is over. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. They put uh, at least what I've seen on paper. Well, they do have some pretty good quality riders. They got you know some national champions and things like that. But that tour was built around a sixth green for Peter Sagan. Yeah, and now it's over. I mean, that happens to teams, and you know, I guess boohoo. I'm sure a lot of you guys are going to go on the internet, and you know, especially the Cav fans or something like that. I've seen some very angry stuff already going on both sides. Um, but I just don't see where two wrongs are going to make a right here. Where we lost Cav. Let's. I. I've heard he doesn't have any broken bones, but I. He had a deep gash cut in his hand. He's a sprinter. Let's be honest. Um, I think uh, there's a shoulder issue, a ligament, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard if he's out or not. Um, and now you take a third out, and all of a sudden you're you're weakening the race. You're weakening these types of things, even. And, and I don't think anybody out there can say it's malicious. I, I, I don't yeah. think you should. I mean, if you do, fuck you. But um, I just don't think it's malicious. So, so now, we're, now we're at a loss. Yeah, I mean, you, you think back, you know, there's like Ebby Zhaparov. Here I am oh, yeah. way back. Yeah. I mean, he, he, was, he was reckless and stuff. And oh, the, he shit. never, I mean, the, he got kicked out, obviously, a couple of times. Well, drugs won. But yeah. outside of that, yeah. I mean, and he... Because of his recklessness on the Jean-Milizet, and what was that, 90, 91, 92? Yeah, 91. Yeah. Yeah, running into a barrier with his head down, swinging like a monkey, and bam, you know? Yeah. So I I, I just don't understand. I I think it's a little harsh. I don't know. I I just don't understand. Yeah, and and from what I also understand, there's no appeal method. So 
guess what? Here we are. Yeah. Um, I don't know what this does for anybody. You know, I, and I started immediately thinking about, okay, what do these guys think? You know, it's just, as me, it would be devastating for a guy. If I were a guy like Sagan, I'd be like, fuck it, that's it. I'm not going to race anymore, you know, or something like that. But, you uh, know, I guess when yeah. it's your, your method of, of income and, you know, and all that stuff. So you'd probably keep going. So, Fuck. I don't know. Uh, my my son said it best when we left the ride today. He just said, "Shit, I'm not going to watch the tour anymore now, Dad. There's nothing for me to watch." <laughs> yeah, yeah. The kid's got a Peter Sagan T-shirt, so I guess we're a little biased over here. But fuck. Okay. Well, there's that issue. I don't want to spend the entire time talking about that because I, you know, I finally got a guest and we can talk about this kind of stuff, and um, and you know, and 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 your thoughts and all this kind of stuff. So I hate to get into this early. Because this is usually something somebody saves for an end of an interview. But um, um, predictions. As far as what you've seen, what do you think from here on out? Now, we could talk into categories and overall and sprint and mountains. I never can pick a mountain jersey winner just because I think it's... Ever since the days of Lauren Jalabert going out early on stages and just stealing points and, and racking them up, it, I don't think that competition is really something I take seriously anymore. But overall, it's definitely something to talk about in terms of what you think and um, where, you, where you see this all headed. Well, I mean, if you're going to talk points, I mean, uh, the mountain, I think, uh, uh, you know, Sagan's team is left with a big opening. But yeah. uh, Mike won it Raphael, last year. Yeah, yeah Rafael Mako won last year uh, with Tinkoff. He's on that team. So maybe there's your, now they got a new focus. Has, um, he, has he done it twice? Uh, Micah? I might have. He might have. Yeah. I'm not sure. Well, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. We didn't have all the stats here <clears throat> yeah. in front of us, but. Yeah. And, you know, I think for, for the the interesting point would be the points jersey and. and uh, oh, shit. That's a open game. I mean, can now do we see, you know, typically some of the bigger sprinters, and, although he has finished tours, but. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of the big German. Greipel? No, Greipel. Kittle? Uh, Greipel, Kittle. Kittle is what I was thinking of, but uh, I guess Greipel's pretty open up uh, quite a bit. He's finishing. He hasn't won, but he's been in, the, been in the top five in a couple of those sprints and stuff. He's there. Kittle was in a bad position. I don't, you know, he got towards the end. In yeah. That no, crash, I, I, I saw him in the last. Uh, he was clear. He's ahead of it, but he was yeah. trying to scramble. I think he got boxed in. He lost his teammates. Yeah. Uh, he was scrambling towards the end today, but um, the yeah. whole the whole concept and it's it's cruel. I, I'm I take the. This is this all the bad stuff that happened on the stage today is my fault because yesterday in the show I broke down the sprinters and I'm talking about the fact that it's about consistency and and here's Sagan I, I and I have to get over it folks let me mourn um, here I was talking about how he's consistent throughout this race he won't win the most stages but he will place the most and it, you know like yesterday's stage with that climb in it which which he I, just, I was just in awe of his of his ride that's what I think has brought him five five jerseys in the past and now we're almost going to have to go back to that uh stage winner mentality or in the intermediate points mentality mm -hmm. or something like that and now all of a sudden um what's his name the guy who won the damn stage today arno um somebody like he could probably do something like mm -hmm. that depending on his ability to get through uh, the mountains so yeah yeah who's finished the tour, who's who's gone through six weeks? Yeah, I mean, three like, weeks. And, yeah, Greipel's yeah. been pretty consistent. Uh, he's won every, I think, at least one stage every tour that he's been in. I think that's the correct 
Yeah. Or, or, yeah, he has. He yeah. has. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's somebody I would probably lean to. But, uh, yeah, for the points, I think Polka I, I would lean towards. Because they have, you know, uh, Rafael Maikai that has, they have nothing to work for but that. Yeah. Breakaways. As soon as the mountains start coming, you know, he can go out, score points. Yeah. And he's going to be out there. So. Yeah, and the team will let him go now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like they have to keep him around for anything. Um, how about overall? I know that's a steep one. Yeah, okay. it is. Actually, let's ask... Who do you think will win, and who do you want to win? Who would be, okay? To me, right <laughs> now, I like I like Garrett Thomas. Uh, Garrett Thomas. I hope things turn. And this sounds bad. I don't want ill will against anybody, but no. Chris Froome is not my favorite rider by any means. I think he's obviously talented, but he's he's not pretty on the bike, and that holds a lot of speaking water. of elbows. Yeah, taking <laughs> <laughs> out the Spider Man, and uh, you know. I think he showed a lot of panache last year. I give him credit. Last year was a good win. Um, you know, everybody talks about his form, you know, going into the Criterium Dauphiné. Um, you know, I don't think that's that's an issue. And he lost the time trial in there. And, and of course, Richie uh, yeah. Port ended up, you know, winning it. They're like, but there's hardly any time trials. It's not another time trial until Marseille and... You know the second oh, to last shit. stage. Yeah, yeah. So he, I'm sure he didn't focus on it. It's not a big deal, but of course, in stage one, look at all those sky guys. They were up, crushed it. Yeah, yeah. and Richie did not in that time trial. No, I, I don't know if he was holding back or something. like Yeah, that I think too, he so. was. Uh, uh, I saw an interview with Akowitz, and he said, "Yeah, he played cautiously. You know, uh, especially after what happened to Verde. And, yeah. Um, which is, you know, you don't want to give up seconds, but you don't want to go to the hospital and no." You know, that's possibly it. have your that's career. It. Yeah, you know, that's like it. Very, so. Um, so it sounds like Froome is the you think is going to, but you don't want to. Yeah, is that it? Yeah, and then I'm not a big Sky fan. I'm not into big money. Teams. Okay, it's just it's just the way I am. You know, I yeah. like the underdog. We're, that's just the way we are. And what brand of good. bicycle do you ride? Yeah, BMC. So, so you, you're trying to lead me into it. Yeah. <laughs> Richie Port is who I really want. If it's a Sky guy, Garrett Thomas. Because he's Welch, and I have Welch blood in me. So oh, that's why I have to draw that. Damn, that you're loyal. Guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... I I, I think I said yesterday that I, I'm wondering if, if Garrett Thomas, I can't recall if he signed longer with Sky or not. I think he has. Some, something in my mind is saying he has. Yeah, I wish I could help you on that. I yeah. was thinking about that when I heard that. I was going to look into that. But, I uh, should have. But if, um, if he hadn't, you know that everybody in the world would be trying to get a hold of him. I think he's a classy guy, a good writer. I think I don't mind Froome. I don't hate Froome. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about him that I've ever been like, oh, screw this guy. You know, it's, yeah, but... For some reason, maybe it's because I always want to root for the underdog. I don't think I've ever really... I will admit I did cheer for Lance for, during the Lance years. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> it was yeah. good for American cycling. Yeah, yeah. And then what it's done since. Yeah. Um, but I I always just was thinking, I, I want the underdog. And I, I'd love to see Richie Port. I, I, he's the guy I picked in my my fantasy league. Uh-huh. I also had Sagan and Dagenkolb. And who else did I have on this fucking thing? And I, it's over. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm screwed. My kid's kicking my ass. He's well, like sitting heavy on port. Yeah, that's, that's about your own. That's it. Yeah. yeah, and and so I'm screwed. But so yeah, I, that I guess we're both in agreement. I don't know. I think Sky is a an, an amazing team. And if you've got a guy like uh, Froome, and if you've got a guy like Thomas on, that's that's tough for for a BMC. Yeah, and I think you know I was sitting here thinking after Garrett 
did a good job on the, um, you know, on the TT and winning, getting the yellow yeah. jersey. Uh, and I remember when, um, back when Wiggins won and his lieutenant was pretty powerful, Chris Froome. Yeah. And, and there was a bit of a battle. Not that this is going to happen because I don't think Garrett Thomas is the type of personality that, that you would know, yeah, challenge like, that. Like Chris was. Yeah. Chris Froome was. So Froome, you know, was seemed to have a little pity party and he was attacking Wiggins on a climb and not helping him out. You know, you question. Yeah. I'm always a loyal team type yeah. of person. I like to see that unity in the team. And I thought that was pretty doggy. That's probably another reason I don't like Chris Froome. Listen, their object objective, whether you like him or not, is Wiggins to win the tour. And he seems to like, but I'm the strongest type thing. And anyway, I, 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 to me, Garrett Thomas, I think he's a great personality. To me, uh, I, I always like to look at people that improve the cycling world. People that don't know cycling. Uh, that, yeah. that when the guy speaks, he's intelligent and he's happy-go-lucky like Sagan. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and every every interview I've had with... You keep bringing it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's bringing it up. I'm just going to be in the shower tonight, just rocking back and forth with the water rolling on me like in the movies, just like, oh, God, why? why? Your Levi's cut off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gosh, son of a bitch. You're never nude. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> Okay, that's where you see. Now, um, uh, you know what? And these are the kind of guys I always have to ask about, too, of other of other people who know the sport pretty well. The Nairo Quintanas, um, you know, and some of those other guys who are. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Tino, you know, Pino. Tebow Pino, yeah. Um, you know, Bardet and all those kind of guys. Um you know, do you see them animating the race? Do you see them doing something different? I think Quintana is one that could be a factor. I mean, everybody's, well, he did the Giro, you know, and nowadays that's just not. You can't you know, anymore. Yeah, yeah, that type of thing. I, I don't think he was on, on his game 100%. Um, but I think we have not heard hide nor hair of this guy. Think about it. Yeah. He's, he's quiet. He stayed out of, so, yeah, he didn't have to stress out. Uh, he's lost a great lieutenant. I'm not a fan oh, of shit, that guy yeah. either. They're Verde, but oh, Verde. Yeah. nevertheless, I mean, they had a double barrel shotgun there. That you know, if Verde makes a move, everybody has to react. Yeah. Now they just had Quintana. They have to probably shuffle their whole you and, know, strategy type thing. But I think I think he's going to surprise a lot of people, especially the lack of TT. But he's going to have to. I think he's going to have to hit it hard and fast because that final TT 
You could lose some time. And he never has. I hate mm-hmm. to say it. I keep looking at, at Quintana as like this uh, Marco Pantani style of a climber. But he, I have yet to see, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, I've yet to see those blistering attacks that I expect from a little climber like that. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot, over the years, I've just been watching and I'm going, okay, he's going to go any minute now. He's going to go any minute now. And he never does. I don't know if he's just completely redlined or if, you know, you got somebody cheating or whatever the hell's going on. But um, I never see it from him. And to be honest, I personally think he's boring. I mean, but he's not racing for me. He's not racing to say, oh, I hope Pat enjoys the ride today. <laughs> you know, but... <laughs> There's me too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I well, I think I think with Quintana, he's so smooth on the bike. I think it throws people off. Uh, he he doesn't look like he's suffering. There's a yeah. stage last year where he was chasing Froome. Was it Von Two? I can't remember if that's last year, two years ago. But they keep showing Von Two is when he when he ran. Yeah, so it it wasn't this. It might have been. I can't remember. But there's yeah. a scene where, and it might have been two years ago. When Quintana attacking him, there's just the two of them, oh. or maybe three years ago. Who knows? I'm 54. Yeah, I'll blend. Yeah, what did exactly. I have last yeah. night for oh, dinner? Geez, I don't yeah. know. You know. So. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, don't remember when yeah. I changed my underwear. <laughs> what do you care? Yeah. So anyway, I think you know the thing is, is with him, he looks like it was no effort, and Froome attacked him, came across the line first, and it looked like you know Quintana just had his mouth closed. Yeah. They peeled him off the bike, and he just like. Boom, Collapse. Oh, okay. He just yeah. didn't show any suffering, uh, and, and I think that's. I like watching him on the bike. I mean, somebody with style. He's very smooth and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, I guess if you're into watching somebody, you know, sputal like... coming out of there like uh, Tony Martin. Oh, Tony Martin when he TTs. Oh. Yeah. He just let that stuff. The guy's disgusting. <laughs> the spots. No wonder he got. He's no longer with Quickstep because it's like I, I don't want to be associated with that stuff coming oh, out of man. his face. I've seen some shots where a side view. He's got so much sputal coming out yeah. that it's a rainbow from the sun. Thank God he's not sponsored by some medical thing. You know, like yeah. after side effects or something yeah. like that could cause you know random drooling or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, and Lawrence Sendam does that too. He just mm-hmm. he just lets it fly out of his face, and I just I don't I, my dignity would be there. Um, I, I, just a couple more things. Mm-hmm. I did want to ask you about also, um, there's been a lot of discussion about rider safety. Um, we saw the opening stage and we saw a lot of those time trials where riders are going down and there's no, no a fucking hay bale here or there. Or those, you know, we did see Cav slam into a pad of some sort today. Mm-hmm. He took that out. I don't know if that, you know, that might have what damaged his shoulder. But um, there's been a lot of discussion about that. And, um, I mean, at what point is it just bike racing? And what point can the, somebody like the UCI actually step up and improve the game? Well, I mean, just, well, yeah, I, I think, you know, opinion. safety with the situation with, uh, like, in the TT. I, I think that's, that corner, uh, who would have guessed it has been pouring down and got slickery? I mean, it's just one of those things. Yes, I have a forecast, that type of thing. Yeah. But I think, you know, Richie Port made his decision to go safe. Yeah. Uh, it is one stage. It is 14 kilometers. Do you roll the dice? Um, Viverde made, you know, uh, he rolled the dice the wrong way. I mean, he got snake eye. Yeah. And so, you know. <laughs> snake it, and, eyes. And you hate to see somebody, you know, uh, personally, I think his career, he's 35. Um, yeah. Broke his kneecap. Uh, he's, he's done for the year. Yeah. That could uh, be it. That could be. Yeah. Um, you know, something like that. You might want to talk to Finney. He broke his kneecap. Yeah. 
then you know or uh, the other one was uh, Johan Museo and the Perry Roubaix yeah and, uh, D- Davis broke his kneecap he did break his kneecap in the crash I believe and his tib and fib I do remember he went <clears throat> face first into the back of a car was that the same one yeah it was a, a Nationals not oh. Davis I did it again I'm are you Phil. Taylor I'm Phil because I'm yeah, talking Taylor, about Davis Taylor. I'm yeah. talking about Davis Davis when he crashed into the yeah the back he punched <laughs> his head through it was uh, oh, Isoglass which is a safety glass company <laughs> I bet I remember. Face full of irony. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, gosh. You know what? Since we're nostalgic, I did want to ask you some nostalgic questions. Sure. Um, uh, especially because you, you and I used to go at, at length about riders like, and I, if I lose half my audience, you know, <clears throat> fuck you guys. You don't deserve to be listening to this show because you've not, just- you haven't been around long enough, you know? <laughs> It's a history lesson. <laughs> um, you and I used to talk about, you know, the Maurizio Fondriests, mm-hmm. the, the the Sean Kellys, the things like that, who I've just, you know, I've been loved to, to have on the show and to be able to just talk about the beauty days and stuff like that. Um, if you had to talk about tours and, and riders in the tours from the past, we kind of touched on it here, but um, some of the best riders and teams and things like that, and especially, uh, goddamn, we got to talk about the best team kits of all times and mm-hmm. stuff like that, because it is about looking good in some oh, senses. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, any things that kind of come to mind of what you remember and what you recall, and even compared to current times? Well, I would... Uh... If you say kids, you like the white jerseys, no, get out of no, my TV room. No, okay. That's bad. Okay. But we had a, a local, the local team I was on for short bit. We had white jerseys. All it takes is one, you know, rainy yeah. race, and you've got spots and, you know, you've got t- brown jerseys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brown or little spotted gray jerseys. Yeah. On so, no, I'm not a fan of that. It's hard to keep them clean. And yeah. I, don't, I don't understand the white thing. But probably, you know, one of the ones I always like, obscure ones, like, uh, um, Super conflicts. Any Belgian team, you know that oh, some yeah. of them, the Hatachi and Kikilion, oh, that used to be that on that orange kit. Yeah, yeah. Back then, it was I liked it. I didn't like any uh, fluorescent. Uh, like in the U.S., there's remember Spago had it had a Spago and Subaru Montgomery yeah. and things like that. It, yeah, Subaru Montgomery had a little bit of you know fluorescent or it was quite a bit of Florence yeah. fluorescent. Yeah. Spago. Yeah. I'm trying to remember this. Spago had a team there for a while. And, yeah, I'm and trying to remember. It's pretty bright. Yeah. I think uh, Roberto Gaggioli. Yeah. Remember him? Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. He used to race for Spago. I think I was, was. Uh, I was a big fan of... I, I was... Man, I, it, was, it was mainstream at the time. I was a La Vie Claire. La Vie Claire. I thought it was okay in that time period. Um, I don't know. 7-Eleven was coming along. I, I did like 7-Eleven. <laughs> it was a classic. It was American. Really? It was early. Yeah, to me... It was just a very simple, great jersey. Speaking of Jim Okowitz. Yeah, Jim Okowitz. Yeah. Did uh, he seem like a dick today on TV to you? Uh, I thought I thought he did not want to touch the subject and get involved with the topic. Okay. So he was a little standoffish. And then I, I did like his point where, you know, I think you you talked earlier in your, uh, your podcast about uh, one of the interviewers was not getting when he interviewed uh, oh, Matthews. Schlanger. Yeah. Schlanger. But I'm sure he doesn't write his questions. It's NBC going, ask these questions. You don't and, think and so? Like, oh. I bet he's going up there with at least a couple of questions. He might have some on his own. Yeah. I don't know. But some of these are like, this yeah. is what they ask the NBA players <laughs> that, you know, barely made it through through college. Yeah. Did only yeah. reason, or didn't go through college yeah. and just got drafted after the first. That is true. First, you know, and they're like, oh, come on. But I Some know of that, them sounded a little English language- 
and I don't mean to sound like cyclists are stupid, but a lot of them know, like, or working in their third or fourth language they've learned. And when you ask Andre Greipel about, you know, the intricacies of something in the yeah. Finnish, he's go, fuck, yeah. what? Okay, I'm just going to go with my rehearsed response. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So, and I think that's one of the one of the deals with with that NBC Gold is that yeah. one thing I noticed between the two broadcasts I'm watching even though there's a 30 second delay on the gold one yeah is the graphics that uh, it's tailored the, the you know if you watch it on NBC Sports Channel the graphics they have like arrows pointing here and and where the Americans are finishing and blah 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 yeah, which is yeah. fine and 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 everything's dumbed down which is fine because you do want to create more people to watch i, I i'm d- I don't want to disparage that, but to me, it's one. You're saying the Ameri- the NBC is. Yeah. Really. The gold package, you have those two Australians. They there isn't a dead moment, and these guys, there's no commercials, and to me, it's whole it, stage? I it interesting. Whole stage. Whole stages. So you get tomorrow morning, three o'clock in the morning. You can come over if you want. Are you watching live? I, I was <laughs> yes, going to say, watch, are you getting up at? What's well, a thirty second delay from at least the coverage we get here on our cable stations? You're so, up. You're watching the whole thing. I am such a lazy sack of shit. I am putting it on DVR. I'm coming down, and I just watch, <laughs> and I'll just kind of like, nah, well, to be honest with you, it, it, I'll check. I like to see starts or, or whatever, and I like to see, yeah. you know, something's <laughs> happened. The, the first breakaway. <gasps> that's my dog. Bender. Yeah, 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 that's my dog. So, Bender, shut up! <laughs> but, you know, that that's interesting. See the breakaway, see what's happening. That's, you know, the early whatever you can start seeing, all right. For me, it's just a game I play. Yeah. This team and this team's in there. What's their objective? Are they going to get, are they setting somebody up the road? You can see how, how well they're working with the breakaway. Uh, looks like he's not put much work. Yeah. Look for, let's say, quick step because this guy's not really working that hard. Somebody's coming up. They got something else going and trying to, you know, that's what I like to do. Yeah. I mean, it's like trying to see what the teams are doing. Um, you know, meanwhile, if you watch the American one, it, they break away and you're watching match.com about. Yeah, yes. Pokemon for adults, or, or Grandpa in a jar. And we're Fuck gonna... that commercial! It was on today again, and I got I kind of welled up, and I was like, Pat, you already seen this. You know the Scabby. ending. Grandpa died. Um, <laughs> so I, I probably need to just pull the trigger and spend some money, but I I don't know. I just there's certain things about it that I like the the U.S. coverage, but there are a lot like you like you're saying the dumbing down of it. It, mm-hmm. it makes it that they have they're trying to teach us about what the sport's about, and I and I understand that because it's we're Americans. Uh, we don't live in a, a society where this sport is of a high privilege, um, not privilege, um, you know, popularity, and so they have to do that. But boy, oh boy! In fact, one year I remember listening to the coverage and bob roll keeps talking about gc 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 i of course know what gc is but i I keep wondering to myself i wonder if the american average american knows what the hell he's talking about absolutely well i think they've they've kind of curtailed that a little bit they um you know they they are putting graphics on there so that people can see and then they'll have gen hopefully uh, Americans can figure out when you see G or gender, general, general classification. Yeah, classification. No, I bet most of them can't. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Because there's a, a local store here called Huckleberries that there's a line that says form a line between and you know at each <laughs> till and there's a a queue that's going through the vegetables and I'm like, no one's getting in the line. It's like you know the emperor has no clothes. Yeah, Look, yeah. you know it, you know people aren't reading read that. the fucking sign. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and you're an asshole if you cut. 
out of the queue and get in line like the sign says. Yeah. I don't. It's like, anyway. No, no, I couldn't. So, oh, God, you're touching on my. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, exactly. So, um, okay, if you had to pick, uh, this is this is kind of something I like to. How are we looking on time? 41 minutes. Um, if you had to uh, pick, and because I know you've been doing this as long as I have, and and you're as as much, if not more, of a of a pro bike racing nerd as as I am, um, if you had to pick a dream team of throughout history, you can't include Mercs though. Mercs is out. Um, if you had to pick a tour dream team, a leader, a sprinter, a climber, a domestique, and a wild card. Who would your riders be? Let's start with leader. Leader, Miguel Andorin, without a doubt. What? Mm-hmm. That guy's... Really? Me, yeah, I thought he was smooth on the bike. I think he was calculated. He he knew where his strengths were. Even with the lack of time trials? Uh, on today? Yeah. I think uh, that's a good point. On today's course, I, I didn't realize that was the point. On today's no, course, it wasn't. I'm just throwing right. that out there. I'm just I, would, I would say... I'd say uh, you know, it would be a tough call. It still would go with Miguel in his Miguel. prime. Okay. Yeah. Miguel uh, he, he was He's very it's smooth. Always seemed to be in control. Never, never, really? you know, scared. And, and, you know, seemed to react or overreact. He was just always calm and cool. So, okay. Yeah. Personally, I'm Bernardino. Uh-huh. Because Bernardino, even if he wasn't in his prime, he made everybody else... That is a good call. That is certainly a very close second. Get the fuck back. Yeah, that was a horrible French <laughs> accent. But, you know, he's just, yeah. Oh, God, he was such an asshole. And I loved him for that. I I'm, I might be one of the last Bernardino holdouts. Um, okay, so, uh, so you've got you got Miguel Indurain. Your sprinter. I want to preface this with the fact that Phil and Paul said the other day that they thought Mark Cavendish was the greatest sprinter of all time. I think, I think he's... Um... He knows how to put himself in the right spot. I, without a doubt, he's way up there. But uh, I'll go for style points, and and I'd have to say a recent one. I like uh, Kittle. I think. Do you? Yeah, I like the sense of power and stuff when I see him sprint. When he's on, he's not as consistent, without a doubt. But okay. when there's a stage when they were in London, he got sick the next. He actually abandoned his, like stage three or something. I watched this. He was uh, probably 500 meters out. He was way back. And he lit it up, and he blew past people like they were standing still. And to me, it's just an astounding amount of power that, yeah. to me. But yeah, Kittle. I, I don't think he he has a tendency to get himself in bad positions and get boxed in. Um, but yeah, I, I, at least to watch. Yeah. When he wins, it's it's pretty pretty impressive. Pure sprinter, I am. If I'm going pure sprinter, not an op- not a, a rounder like a Sean Kelly would be, but um, I'm still. I'm, and even though he bug the shit out of me i gotta go with uh, mario cipollini mm-hmm. still gotta go with him just because well, mind you you gotta dedicate a team to him though that's the yeah that's the thing you gotta yeah. have a lead out train and that lead out train concept doesn't work anymore i think the sport has changed yeah, i agree uh, you start seeing these there's so much going on yeah um even with this new three second rule that they have yeah uh i think that yeah. they're still and you've got multiple riders trying to do the same thing. I remember that, like the Saeco days, where Cipollini's train was, you know, it was, you had the peloton in that arrowhead format, but the first eight single file riders are all that that train. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, and now you just don't see that anymore. Well, and High Road did it too. They followed up after. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're right. With Cavendish, yeah. they that was you know Renshaw was the last one you see on the line. It was just like yeah. clockwork. He could just sit there with a, yep. He's They're got it. Off. Yep. Here it goes. Here it goes. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. So. Uh, climber. 
of all the climbers, um, you can go as old as you want. You can yeah, go I'm thinking way back. Lucine von Impe, if you yeah. want. You know, I probably lost half the audience with that one. That's a tough one. Um, and I always go with style points. And uh, although the, I, I like Andy Hampson, I like watching them. Oh, so good I choice. Think, I think he was a good climber. I enjoyed watching them. Good uh, choice. A little side story about him. Uh, a friend of mine who was at the OTC the same time he was, and he said that he had... Because he's from North Dakota or South Dakota, came over. Uh, this is North know. Dakota, I think it was. Okay. And he had North Dakota state tree, and it was a telephone pole. Yeah, I, and I remember hearing that at a young age, saying, "Wow, that is just awesome!" You know, you come to a training camp, you know, the OTC. And, yeah. You know whether that's a true story or not, but I remember hearing that back yeah. in '86 or something like that. I always wonder what Andy's career could have continued to be like um, with if the doping. With the you know emergence of of something like EPO, never would have happened. Yeah, um, Andy, I've heard quotes from Andy uh, talking about the fact that he says there were days that all of a sudden you know you you your season would end, you'd start the next season, and guys you never had seen before were just crushing it. You know, yeah, sprinters are passing yeah. on hills. Yeah, they're passing on hills. They're just their their mouths are closed. They're not even breathing hard. He said, you know, it was that big of a difference. Mm-hmm. And Andy, if I'm misquoting you, if you never said something like that, I I'm pulling this almost out of my ass, literally. Um, but you know, there was a change there, and a rider like Andy, I think, um, was in the unfortunate end of that because. Yeah. God, you're right. That was a great climber choice. So you had to pick somebody like a Pantani, but we all know what was flowing through Marco's veins. But, you you know. know, you still, in the drug days, this is one of those things that I don't want to get hit this topic, but, yeah. but you know, um, it is what it is in that time period. Uh, I, I wish it would have never happened. Yeah. There's tons of drugs in there, but everybody was seemed to be on the same program. So if you look at strategy and, and the way they attack, it's not like Pantani was the only one yeah. That was all, yeah. you know, filled to the gills. But, you know, he did, he was aggressive. He he was, again... He was I, exciting. Yeah, he, he did, did throw a wrench in the, yeah. in the works. It was exciting. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I'm old. Uh, two more. Super Domestique. I thought, I think, under uh, Jean-Francois Bernard, he was always at wow. uh, Indran's side. If you look, that guy would spew his guts. And, and it's hard for me to vote for a Frenchman, but, you know, but... <laughs> It's just one of those things. No, um, but I, I, you know, because he was supposed to be the new Bernardi No. Yeah. Uh, man, he just got out of his little French team and went to Bonesto and, and yeah. spewed his guts. I mean, he sacrificed, which I thought that, that's very admirable. Yeah. He never asked for anything. You know, he, he was. Wow. He worked hard. See, I'd almost go now, even though he should be a leader. I would have picked Garrett Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. For new, definitely. Yeah. Because I, I yeah. just. I think that guy's got more in him. Um, and last would be like the opportunist to the wild card of, of any riders you could pick for that. Jens Void. Jensy? Yep. You just, that's the guy. He's, I you gotta have, that. you gotta have the Bob Rolls, the Jens Void, the guy on the team that's, yeah. that's, keeps the yucks up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure everybody's so serious and you got somebody who's just, keeps the team laughing. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> and not only that, there's a guy that just rolls the dice. You just, you know, you hear stories about, you know, Jens, you know. Yeah. You need to go on a break. Okay. He's out there, you know. 
Yeah, I go. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I laugh, and he's one of the things I do like hearing about the current coverage. His voice almost makes me laugh just because I think of, you know, like, get to the chopper yeah. or something like that. It's just because he's got that dialect, but, you know, not to pick yeah. on him too hard. But I think he's getting, he's falling into it, and I think he's getting better and better as it goes. So, no, you know what? I'd pick that. That, mm-hmm. that I'd, I'd be satisfied with that choice. Um, all right, before I, before I let you go... Um, I, I want to get a little personal, Paul. Oh, no. you, oh, no. Dude, you're one of those guys, and I'm sure everybody who listens to this show knows one of those guys who's who's always fucking fit, who's always riding at least fairly well, who keeps going, who does it year after year, who's still racing year after year. I'm struggling trying to find a race to participate in to keep me motivated to train. Um you always seem to find a way to do it. And I think you talked about this on a ride and I was like, I got to get him to talk about that again on the show. Um, what, what, what is it about this that keeps you going that makes it happen? I, I think it's just, I just have a burning passion for cycling that it really is. And it's, uh, I don't ski. I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't do anything. I don't have boats. I, I, I let my friends have those so I can, you know, Amen. do those. Yeah. Good fucking call. I, I don't have, a, I don't even have a car. The car I drove here with is my wife's. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just, to me, it's like I live and breathe. The hardest time of the year for me is November. It's dark yeah. here. It's cold. Yeah. Cycling's too, you know, it's dead. There's cyclocross, yeah. which it's kind of like a slow drip of IV. Just kind of like, eh, yeah, that looks good. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to go out there and splash about yeah. mud in the snow. And, this, you know, it's just not my, I've, I've cyclocrossed. But it, it, I don't know. I, since the day one, when I was a little kid. I wanted to race bikes. Really? And, you know, this is Spokane in the early 60s. Yeah. When the hell heard my dad was a fighter pilot and he's like, you know, what the hell? Yeah. You know, he was, you know, constantly gone. Not constantly, but he, he was he was gone a lot, you know, flying. And he, he loved to fly. He had the passion for flying jets and fast. And I think I inherited some of that. And to me, I, I share on the ride right before my father died. Yeah. I got to talk to him about why I got a kick out of racing bikes. And that's what keeps me going is racing. And to me, it's just strategy, using my strengths against other people's weaknesses, try and get people. I mean, it's just, it's so complex. It's like an onion, you peel back and peel back and peel back. And you're constantly, it's constantly learning when you race. You never can figure it out. There's too many variables. That's and it, and it, and that's what keeps you training. That's what keeps you just planning 100%. on the race. Yep. Really. Just done one this year because, you yeah. know, life gets in the way. But, yeah. you know, to me, that's if I get I have to have at least one and an objective. And really. Yeah. So see, because I, I, I have to admit there. I mean, I, I find myself going, oh, God, race, race, race. And then the race starts. And then I, I become a kind of a different person. At some point, I kind of probably become kind of an asshole. Well, I'll yell at people or something like that. We were talking about, you know, the tactics on the ride and how some guy would come up alongside me and just point like, I want that wheel, move away. (laughs) And they'd be like, fuck you, you know, and stuff like that. Um, But I also am having a hard time getting myself back to racing because of that, because of that competitive nature. And I'm like, God, do I still have it? Do I still have that fire? And you've always seemed to be like the guy who not only has it, but you don't take it in an anger sort of a way, and and I I, I wish I had that. <laughs> well, you know, and it, like I'm not very successful at racing by any means, and that's you know. But I do enjoy going out there. You know, you you get one victory, and it'll last me, you know, a couple of years, and you just yeah. strive. And there's a couple of races and that are local that 
I just I look forward to doing. Yeah. And you know, and there's something I look forward to. Early spring we had that RVP and yeah, you know, a little bit of gravel, and some crits and. Where do you think the sport's going? I know that's a lot to ask, um, but I like to ask that of, of all my riding friends who who th- who especially on a local level, where we're seeing road race numbers drop. Well, we're seeing for those of you uh, other places in the world, we're seeing numbers across the board drop. We had a shitty winter, number one, but number two, I, I see a lot of I see road cycling in America suffering. Um, uh, do we have to create more fondos where everybody gets a fucking medal, or um, d- is the pendulum just swinging away and it's going to come back? What you, I mean, well, I, yeah, I think we do. Everything ebbs and flows. It's the pendulum. I remember I worked for a local bike shop that was, you know, the premier was this yeah. sponsored uh, the Olympic trials we had here in '84 and '88, and we had the great Washington Trust Classic periods yeah. where. We, I saw Davis Finney. Yeah. I said the right name this time. Yeah. Davis Finney <laughs> break his break his arm in the Manitou crit. Oh, shit. And Michael Zanoli swept him and took him out and broke his arm. Oh, God. And that guy was a Right here thug. in Spokane. That's, a, you know, that's yeah. our claim to fame. Yeah. yeah. Davis Finney broke his arm here. Right there, right by the park <laughs> bench, in fact. That's what it was. So, um, but I think at Edison Flows, I was I worked at that bike shop. And, of course, you know, when I just wanted, like I said, I, I when I started, inundated myself anything I could grab touch yeah. breathe anything it was all cycling I was just head over hills and couldn't keep a girlfriend because it was <laughs> that was the only thing I wanted it was bikes and go how far can I take this you know yeah um, and so a bike shop was a bad choice it's like milk on a hot day uh <laughs> uh, you know you you have to work Saturdays and all yeah. the weekend races and stuff but um I saw mountain bikes come in and I took it personally. I don't have anything really against mountain bikes, but it was a, a little shtick I used to do as yeah. the devil's bike, you know, because it, yeah. it was killing road ra- racing. Yeah. But in all honesty, it wasn't. It was the attitude. I think there is an elitist attitude that you've mentioned before yeah. on your podcast. And, and and I've been part of that, I think, at times. <laughs> and, you know, shamefully now, I can say. And, and you know, I saw the numbers. I remember, like, uh, my first crit ever was volunteer park in 1987 and there was uh two 75 person cat four groups two two of 75 shit and you know and then you had to qualify as a junior some of these races yeah i mean the juniors were just like out of control yeah and then 1993 comes around i i quit the bike shop yeah um got into my current career and and it was road racing i mean you were you had to travel for miles to see a pack bigger than 20. Yeah. But I think we're at that point. For whatever reason, I think things have been flow. So I, I'm, I hope so. I'm optimistic. I think yeah. I think road racing will come back. It's just, it's just, you know, triathlons were really big during that late 80s yeah. push. Yeah. 90s, I could see it even when I was working in the bike shop. It started tapering off a little bit, that elitist attitude. Mountain yeah. bikes were all the rage. And then the elitist attitude came in. I think that is the true choke of all sports. Yeah. Um, you know, I worry about the learning curve of cycling, of road cycling. It it's, is. It's, it's it's a it's huge. It's difficult. It's yeah. it's hard to explain. And you know, my wife just doesn't. She you know, we went to Paris Roubaix, and that was an exciting moment. I mean, you're yeah. in this this amongst people in Sector Twelve and Oshi, and yeah. you know, you're seeing 
these riders going over the cobblestones, you can see like inches from your face. These guys are wincing in pain, and that sounds like a cliche, no. but it is so true. These guys are just on the edge, you know. And and then even afterwards, there's you know, she where we were at, there was a little forty by thirty tent the local bicycle club put up with a big screen TV, and they sold sandwiches and beer and wine and desserts. And you finish watching the rest of the racing because it's 50 kilometers to the finish there. Yeah. And, you know, to her, it's like, this is great. When you come to America, she watches a race. It's like, yeah, boring. Yeah. This is terrible. You know, so, and then there's guys screaming at people, you know, uh, you know, in the packs. What was that all about? I don't know. There's there's just attitudes that yeah. are different over here. So We ruin it. Americans, yeah. we, should, we should ruin it. Well, look at our president. Let's not get into that. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. <laughs> this is the, the ultimate irony is that we're going to end it on Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Um, all right. So um, there we go. Uh, that was, that was as I promised, one of our, our longer versions of the, uh, of the, of the tour updates. But, um, oh, man, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for yeah, inviting me. We, we've been nice. talking about you for a long time. Mark Hodgson always seems to refer to you. Do you even know Mark Hodgson? I know him very well. Okay. I good. see him down at the... Local pizza place. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, that's where he drinks. Yes. yes yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So um, a lot more before he got married and had a kid. Oh yeah, it's amazing how that happens. Yeah. yeah. I think I think uh, your best quote on the ride today was um, it's at, at what point in your life do you start saying the quote that you repeat through the rest of your life, which was, <laughs> I gotta ri- I gotta ride more and drink less. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Been saying that for twenty, no, thirty some years. Oh yeah. shit! Exactly. Well, uh, once again, thanks you guys. Um, if you want to uh, comment on the show, keep it clean. Um, if you have your ideas, uh, don't keep it clean. If you have your ideas of what's going on with this whole saga thing, I'd love to hear your thoughts uh, through the the normal channels. Let me know through the show. Other than that, I'll be coming back with you tomorrow. I guess we're looking forward to actually some climbing happening into into the old reindeer games. So. Um, uh, Paul, I don't know if you ever want to, but you, you got to come back on the show sometime. Oh, thanks. Thanks, you guys. We'll talk to you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.